Hey, welcome everybody to the Be Healed podcast. This is Steve Hannett, your host, and I am again with my brother and friend, Dale Everett of Dale Everett Ministries. And we are excited to be uh, doing part two of a teaching about faith. In part one of the Be Healed podcast, we covered the idea of where does faith come from. And we established the idea that human beings do not manufacture their own faith, but rather it's part of a gifting that comes from the Lord, that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And faith really flows out of our encountering who God is. And we shared so many things there. So if you've not listened to episode number one or part one of this faith series with Dale Everett, you need to go and listen to that because it will become a foundation building for this teaching today. And so what is happening today? Well, we're going to discuss how believers can release their faith. Yes, we're going to be discussing faith's release Faith and the nature of faith cannot stay quiet. It cannot remain in somebody without action. Uh, we, we, we must realize that faith is designed to be a verb. Faith is moving into uh, us believing God. Now, for those who missed it, Dale Everett is a, a very experienced uh, minister. He has served as an evangelist all over the world. He has served as a church planter, as a healing minister. And there have been tens of thousands of people who have heard him preach in crusades all over the world. They're doing massive work in Africa, in Mexico, and many other places. And it is uh, a, a just a, a rich honor to be able to have Dale Everett with us on the Be Healed podcast. Now, remember, this podcast is all about establishing and growing a strong biblical understanding of faith. We see too many people that hear things that are unscriptural, and then they go to apply them, and it doesn't work. This podcast is about teaching the scripture, applying the scripture, so we can actually become healed. So you'll frequently have testimonies and interviews and other teachings all aimed at doing this. So grab your Bible, grab a notepad, and get ready to understand how God releases faith through the believer. All right, Dale, great to have you with us again. Thank you. It's so great to be back again. You know, I, I just love how effortlessly some of these just gems of, of, of teaching just flow out of you. And it's so apparent that this is not something you crammed for for our podcast. This has been something that you have been living teaching, living, and doing for decades. And so it's just awesome to have you back here today. Thank you. Yeah, these things are born out of a journey. And that's why every person needs to value the journey, not just wait for a destination. It's in the journey that you experience God. And that's where your strength comes. Your faith, your faith really doesn't come from the destination. Otherwise, it's, and I think a lot of people's faith is like that. They just say, well, you know, when we go to heaven, and then they go there. When we go to heaven, we'll have power of the devil. When we go to heaven, we'll all be healed. When we go to heaven, we'll have... Listen, you're supposed to walk in this and enter heaven that way. So uh, in fact, Pastor Steve, we're going to talk about how faith is applied and released in our life. And can I say in reference to that note, uh, there are some things that can only be enjoyed and experienced here now on the earth. They're not going to be experienced in heaven. So don't put off all of the wonderful things. So after you die, when you see Jesus face to face, I mean, even 
even having authority over the enemy. I know that's not the focus of this particular podcast, but I hear people say, well, you know, praise God when I get to heaven, I'll have such power over the devil. And I'm thinking, well, what will you do with it? He won't be there. Uh, What's the point? If you're going to get an elixir on the devil, you better step up to the plate and do it right now because he's going to be out of the picture then. This, and divine healing is the same thing. They say, when we get to heaven, you know, we'll all be healed. No, you won't get sick. There's, there is no, the, the new body doesn't even have the ability to be ill. So there won't be any, there won't be any healing in heaven. There's going to be nothing there sick to be healed. So if you're going to experience healing, you better, you better get her done now. Otherwise, that part of the provision you will never have enjoyed. Can I say that again? The provision of Calvary for divine healing can only be accessed and enjoyed now. There literally will be no point or place of it in glory other than rejoicing as we see the scars. He did that for us when we were mortals. So good. Okay, Dale, take us in. Let's let's talk about this. Now is the time to do this. We want to get this now. That was such a powerful point. Uh, how do believers, after encountering God, discovering we have this faith moving in us, where do we go from here? Okay, so and and the last uh, podcast we talked about how that faith comes. It comes from a revelation of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. It's it's always a coming. In other words, we don't manufacture it. We don't send faith up. He sends faith down, and then we function in that faith. And that's what we're going to talk about. How do you function in the faith that you receive when you were in the presence of God? He opened Himself to you. The Word became alive with it in your spirit. You felt the how. Oh, come on, the uh, the energizing of faith, the empowering of faith within you. Maybe you shouted. Maybe you danced. Maybe you cried. Maybe you waved your hands before the Lord and said, "That's it. That's what I long for." Good. But you got to take that and do something with it. If you don't apply it, if you don't apply what he has created, what he has birthed within you, then you'll never see the results of it. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of ways in which the application happens. But I'm going to tell you the key one that I see over and over again is this, that I found that my faith functioned at the level of my boldness. Let me say that again. My faith doesn't function at the level of my revelation, because most of us, we know more about Christ than we're experiencing. All right. It's not that we haven't even heard from him. He touched us. We believe, but you got to, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the disciples on the boat that night when they're trying to cross the lake and Jesus sent them on ahead. It's dark and now a storm has come up and the boat's actually filling with water. They're doing all they can to try to get the land. And then, uh, and Jesus comes walking on the water. And Peter, uh, when he kind of figures out who this is, probably is because they all thought they were actually seeing a ghost. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Tell me to come to you. you notice he didn't say, since it's you. He says, if it's you. All right. So you could, because I don't know Peter was sure yet, but here's what I think was going on. I think Peter was saying, all right, let's face the, let's face the music right now. First of all, we're in a boat and it's not doing us too good because it's filling up with water. We're in this terrible storm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something that I don't know. I've never seen anything like this before. Could be Jesus, but we've never seen him walk on the water. So he cries out to him and he says, if it's you, then tell me to come to you on the water. Because I think what he was saying was this. There's no way. There's no way. Now, let me say it again. There's no way anybody's going to talk me into getting out of this boat. You understand? It's a storm out there. It's wickedly bad. Uh, uh, but if he speaks and he says, come, something's going to happen in me. The fear of this problem will go. And when he speaks, it creates a faith and an authority within me to do. So he said, just tell me to come. And when he heard that word, here's what he did. He didn't pray about it. 
They didn't sing songs about it. They didn't all join hands in a circle in the boat and touch and agree that this was true. You know what he did? He got out of the boat because that's where the function of faith happens is when you get out of the boat. You got to get past your fear and you got to get out of the boat. What you've just shared right now, everybody listening, you have to hear this point. We can't move on until we make sure that we emphasize the importance of this. Religion of men um, and many man-made traditions and even the culture of Christianity in the Western church, mainly America, the UK, Australia, really puts heavy emphasis on the thing, Dale, that you said that Peter didn't do. We need to have a conference. We need to have, you know, an hour of worship. We need to have the prayer meeting. And then somehow maybe something will be conjured up, you know, and I'm using that word intentionally because it's kind of like something will be made or created or, you know, and then I sense a danger that there's almost like the magic will be stirred up. And those are things in, in, in the occult, those are things in the, in, 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 in the supernatural that don't even come from God to a degree. We worship to encounter the living God. We're making declaration of the living God. We're releasing faith in worship, but we are not trying to cultivate a feeling. We're not trying to create some sort of um, emotional atmosphere so that then there'll be the power of God. And what you're saying is, is so important because Peter called on God to speak a word. He didn't need the feeling. He needed to hear the word. And the reason why I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about sometimes the worship and these environments that are saying maybe we could stir up God is because many of those things are void of the word. And praise God for worship services and the presence of God. You know our worship. We love worship in our ministry. We, we, we value the presence of God. We value prayer. Those things are all good. But if they're devoid, if they're lacking the actual worship of God in his word, what, 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 what do we do? We're, we're, we're going to hopefully, you know, follow a feeling. Peter said, command me. And then he, he received the command of the word, and then he obeyed the commandment of the word from Jesus. I, I'm going to turn it back over to you. It's just that that is such a powerful point, and I immediately get excited about it and passionate about it, because if we would hear the word and respond to the word, it means that in the toughest of circumstances, in the scariest of environments, when I don't feel like the presence of God is around me, I'm still going to be victorious. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, so because uh, we're nailing the same thought. Remember, Peter didn't say, since it's you. He said, if it's you. Because they thought, the scripture tells us that they thought it was a, 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 a spirit, not the Holy Spirit. In those days, the old fisherman tales were that the people that drowned in the lakes, when storms would come up, they would appear and they would rise up and be seen above the waters. And so those guys thought, oh my, that's ex we've heard this all our life. Now we're seeing that. They didn't think this is Jesus. That's why they were terrified. That's why they were afraid and they cried out. And Peter said, well, he's thinking, no, no, wait. I love Peter because he's saying, I think Jesus is more than what I've seen yet. I've seen him heal the sick. I've seen him raise the dead. I've seen him multiply loaves and fish. Now, I don't even know he's even talked to us about walking on water. 
But wait, he's so much more. But how am I going to know? Because I'll tell you one thing, no demon spirit would produce that peace and boldness within his heart. That's why I said, if it's you, then tell me to come on the water. If something else said come, it would not have created that faith within him. Because he, Jesus alone, is the author and finisher of faith. So if anything else, and I'm saying to those now of you that probably aren't in a boat that's in a stormy lake right now, but you may be in a stormy situation in your life and you're saying, and I'm hearing so many voices, how can I know which one is the Lord? I'll tell you how you'll know. It creates faith in you and it, and it inspires boldness in you. If there's anything that comes to you that puts you into self-condemnation, uh, tells you you're not enough for this, you need to be a whole lot more, or whatever it is, or tells you you're not worthy, you're not hearing God. You're, if you hear something saying to you, well, that's, it's not for now, that's not God either. He's a now God. He is your present moment and, and, and deliver. So follow that practice. And then, and then you have to act on that. You have to do what he said. And in order to do that, uh, that's what I'm talking about. The fear aspect has got to go because your faith function at the level of your boldness. So you'll notice that whenever heaven sends a message to earth, whether it comes by an angel, whether it's the voice of God speaking out audibly, or Jesus himself when he walked this earth as a man. When he came to people that had a dire situation, one of the first things he said was not, let me quote to you something from the Torah. He didn't do that. He said, fear not. And then he would move into whatever it was because he knew that you had to get past your fear before you could step into the function of faith. Your faith functions at the level of your boldness. Fear must go. And fear goes when you hear from him, but also fear goes when you step out of that boat. Now, you may still have a moment of fear because Peter did at one point and he started to sink, but he got right focused back on Jesus and he pops back up on top. And I like that because Peter didn't swim back to the boat. And, and, and neither did Jesus drag him back to the boat like a lifesaver. I tell people, if I was an artist, you know what I would do? Because I've seen a lot of artistic renderings of that moment where it's Peter, Jesus, the boat, and here's what you got. Peter's in water all the way up to his neck, and he's got his arm reaching out. He's almost gone, baby, and that's and that's the picture. Here's the picture I would paint if I was a painter. I would have a picture of Jesus and Peter hand in hand walking back to the boat. That's what it, it'd be the backside of Jesus, backside of Peter, boat in the and behind in front of them, and they're they're walking it, buddy, because they because he didn't he didn't drag them back. And so I'm going to tell you that even if even if you have received faith from him and you've begun to apply it, and can I help you that are listening to the podcast today and you become afraid again, you're not washed out, you're not going to drown. Just do the very thing you did before. Focus back on him. You'll pop right back up on top, and you'll walk all over that devil. Hallelujah. I hear so few people speak about that. And I recently ministered about that. This is such the Holy Spirit, I believe, because I thought about how did he get back? And I really do believe that Peter experienced the grace of God because he says, you know, Lord, save me, right? He cries out, Lord, save me. Well, the Bible says immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. What a good, good, good Savior. And, and, you know, it's so powerful. I think we need to highlight this for those people listening today. There are times in which we step out and we begin to believe God for something only to find ourselves in trouble. And I really believe that, like you mentioned in the beginning, this is a journey. God doesn't give up on us. He says, again, let's do it again. 
let's do it again. And the difference between, I believe, Peter walking on the water the first time and Peter walking back to the boat with Jesus is, is that I believe that there's a greater dimension of Peter understanding, I do this and I do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we've got this idea of boldness that, that, that we're going to step out. We have this idea also that came as kind of a sub point. It was boldness to walk on the word of God. Uh, that was there. Yeah. Keep taking us in, Dale. H- how, how do believers function in, in this supernatural faith? All right. So we, when we talked in the first, the foundation broadcast on this, we talked about how faith comes to us. Where some Christians have gotten confused is they look at the, what I call the release of faith, and they think that that is what causes the entrance of faith. So in other words, they say, well, you need to pray, you need to read your Bible. Oh, here's the thing. You need to confess. You need to confess the promise. You need to speak the word of God into your situation. And that will create faith. That faith will come then. No, no. Faith comes first. And then I speak. He reveals who he is. He's the first one to speak. And I must hear that. When I hear what he says, then I must harmonize with that. And it's And the harmonizing happens in a well, here's two strong ways. One is through your confession. Your confession doesn't create your faith, but it releases your faith into that moment. You're speaking from faith and you're speaking from having heard from the author of faith. And what you're saying is what he said. Let me say it again. What you're saying is what he has spoken to you. Jesus said, I only do the things that I see the father do. I only speak the things that I've heard the father say. So you get into the presence of God. He shows you he speaks to you. He deals with you. And then out of that, now all this is sitting there now. You got this all, you got all this wonderful stuff. You know, it's it's not exactly the proper phrase, but it, it gets and it may get the thought across. I say to people that we're educated way beyond our obedience. All right. So we know a lot of stuff that we're not applying. Uh, we've received a lot of things that we're not living out. The truth is, is God has done more in every one of us than what, first of all, that we're even willing to let ourselves believe, much less, much less function. And you got more in you than what you know. Can I say that again? Everyone needs to hear this. You got more in you than what you know. What you have in you, what you need to do is start applying it. And that's done partially through the way that you speak into a situation, because now you're speaking with a prophetic word of power and you're creating in the natural that which he has spoken to you in the spirit. Can I say that again? You're creating by the words of your mouth because God's words are creative words. And the words you're speaking are words that you've heard from him. All right. He has spoken this light, this revelation unto you. And now you take that and you move that into your into your world, into your moment through the declarations that you make in faith. And then it was James also that told us that faith without works is dead. And I uh, and I like one rendering of that verse where it's, it, it says it like this, faith without corresponding action is useless. So your action, uh, we were talking about Peter getting out of the boat. And when Jesus said, come, he could have shouted back, I believe that, amen. Oh, that's truth. Oh, I like that. That really, I, that really helps. But you're still in the boat, man. You're not walking on the water yet. You, you see, you're not going to walk on the water agreeing with him. You got to get out of the boat, all right? And uh, so the, your action, will make a huge difference, a huge difference. 
Powerful point. So Matthew 14, for those who want to go and read the account of that, um, is in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to around uh, verses 33. Um, and that's recording what uh, Peter has done and, and uh, you know, in terms of responding to it. And, and I think, Dale, that this, though it's very, very simple, it's culturally different, right? So again, Peter didn't pray. Peter didn't have a worship session. Those though those things are powerful. He responds to the word and he acts on the word. Now you mentioned something that I'd like to dig into a little bit more concerning confession. You said the prophetic word of power. Some people may not understand what that means. Maybe they grew up thinking, well, this is just, you know, it's, it's Bible text. It's, you know, memorizing something that's archaic and hard to understand. That's very different from you stating its prophetic word of power. Can you unpack that a little bit? Well, what I understand about uh, the, the, the prophetic word is that it is a word that was inspired by him, given by him. His word is with power. It's always the carrier of power. So when I open my mouth here, let me say it to you like this. I think, and I'm going to use the word the gospel, but please don't think of it only as a preaching pulpit type of thing. The gospel is the announcing of good news. So that should be done from pulpits, but it also should be done on the bus. And that also should be done in the marketplace. Uh, and, and so what you do is you hear from that word, he speaks, because the word is a person, a, a, the Christ himself. You hear from him, and then you take that, and when you open your mouth, here's what's happening. You're speaking, now hear me this, you're speaking in two frequencies at the same time, all right? Uh, so there is the frequency of the natural voice, all right? My vocal cords are making the sounds. My lips are and tongue and such are articulating the thought, all right? And then you've got a natural set of ears that they hear the sound from my natural voice. But there's another voice spoken when we speak with the word of the Lord. It is the voice of the Spirit. And when you speak, oh, I got to tell you something. It's more clear. It's more sharp and it pierces every darkness, that voice of the spirit. When you, it was like when the, when the soldiers were paid to take Jesus away at one point where he was teaching and they came back to the leaders that had paid them the money and, and they came without Jesus and the leaders were ticked off and they said, you know, why have you not brought him? This is what they did not say. They did not say, well, you didn't tell us about the 12 guys that surround him. You know, you didn't tell us that there'd be such a crowd there that they'd probably mob us. They just said this, no man speaks like this. There's something about the word of the Lord that when I speak it through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, uh, sure, there's the lips of my mouth that are saying those words, but there's that also that's flowing forth in the spirit. And that's heard not with the exterior ears, it's heard with the inner ears. So there are two voices and two sets of ears, all right? And that's why I think when Jesus ministered, when he when he would preach, he would pause periodically. And he wouldn't say like a lot of today's preachers, will someone say amen? Will someone say praise God? All right, he would say this, he that his ears to hear, let him hear. He wasn't talking about those things on the side of your head when he said that. He wasn't questioning out of the thousands in this crowd, pull your hair back, maybe you got long hair. Do you have any ears on the side? He wasn't saying that. He was talking about the ears of the spirit. Are you hearing my second voice? And those who hear it 
will enter the kingdom. They will, and they will move with power in that way. And then those who have entered speak from that voice. So you must, whenever you're declaring the word of the Lord, you don't just simply recite a Bible verse. What you do is you give that in your spirit and then you speak in harmony with that or you act in harmony with that. You do what you have believed. When we ourselves you know, move through life, we're very conscious of our weakness, of our failures, of our uh, failings. And so our prayer lives tend to be from that vantage point. I am a weak, needy, failing, frail individual who's not really done many successful things in my life. But when we are putting the word of God in our mouth, it is no longer our word. It's God's word, which means it's sourced not from my strength or my wisdom or my ability. It's rather sourced from God because it is the word of God. It is God's word. So would you would you think it would be wrong or inappropriate if if a believer says, well, if it is not my word, but I have the ability and the invitation from God to speak his word, is it wrong for me to therefore bring my prayer a lot to recognize my prayer is all the way at the level as if God himself was speaking, but he's using my mouth? Or would I be completely presumptuous in saying such a thing? In other words, can I have the confidence that whether it was God speaking, Jesus speaking, or the faith that Jesus is authoring in me speaking, is it all him speaking? Does that make sense to what I'm asking? Or should we be kind of like, uh, oh, well, no, we, we, we can't assume God's word will be that powerful because it's in my mouth and not in his. Uh, yeah, well, you know, a great evangelist has now gone on to be with the Lord, Reinhard Bonnke, tells of this. Uh, and Reinhard, if you don't know who he is, guys, you should really do a little research. A man that has won millions and millions and millions of people to Christ. And his, uh, while he's ministered around the globe, his strongest uh ministry emphasis was on the continent of Africa, where where there was, uh, I was in one of his services where there was in one service, 750,000 people. Uh, but he tells the early days in which he first came to functioning in the call of God that was already on his heart. And, uh, and, and he said, the Lord spoke to him in a time of prayer. And he said this to Bonke, he said, uh, my words in your mouth are as strong as my words in my mouth. My words in your mouth are as strong as my words in my mouth. And so Bonke understood then that when he proclaimed the word of the Lord, it wasn't just something that uh, a preacher was saying that was biblically sound and relatively intelligent. It was more than that. It was the word of God going forth into the crowd and into those settings. And so you, you must believe in the word of the Lord in you. It's massive. I never knew that about Reinhard saying that. And I believe that this will catapult new levels or release greater measures of the faith that is within us because we're not speaking our will. We're speaking the will of God when we speak the word of God. 
it it is very 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 powerful because i think people may erroneously think that faith practitioners in other words people that are acting on god's word and making faith confessions are simply saying what god said in other words they're more like reporters quoting what god said a long time ago but rather faith grabs hold of the man shall live right now by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that there is a present nature to the word of God, that it is a living word that is as relevant now as when Jesus said it. So it's almost like God is saying, here's my name. You can speak what I said, and you can even use my name so that you're, it's almost like an ambassador having the authority to take what the king spoke and apply it in the now. Yes, that's right. And and here's and here's the strengthening aspect of that. Um, Jesus talked about the work of the Holy Spirit, and at one point he gave the Holy Spirit a name. Uh, and the Greek word there, uh, we in English we we say comforter. All right, uh, the Greek word there is the word paraclete. All right, which by simple definition means one called alongside to help. All right. So here's how I understand this aspect of the working of the Holy Spirit. We can take it in worship. We can take it in a prophetic word of statement of power. Um, uh, Let's take it from the worship aspect, uh, because I first speak to him before I speak to others. If the word of the Lord in me, the confession of faith that I've got, is not first spoken before the throne of God. If I cannot say before his presence, you are my strength, you are my helper, you are my healer, you are my deliverance, you are my joy, you are my... If I can't say it before his presence, I won't be able to say it powerfully before others. So I enter into the presence of God. I worship him and declare who he is. And, and that's what I've been learning to do, is not just tell him about my problem, but to declare who he is in respect to my problem and to actually enter that. And then he reveals himself to me in that way. So what happens is I begin to worship, uh, and the same goes to when I speak in faith in front of a great crowd or whatever, or, or minister healing. I begin to worship him. And what happens is, I can, let, me, let me say it this way, heaven looks down, the Holy Spirit says, what is Everett doing down there? Oh, well, he's worshiping. Well, yeah, but, and that's good, but he doesn't, he doesn't know how to do this at a level that's fitting to the king. So I need to come alongside and help him. And in that moment, whatever I'm worshiping, in other words, if I'm worshiping God in his nature for holiness, or I'm worshiping God uh, in respect to his nature in divine healing, whatever it is, the spirit comes alongside and says, Dale, let me help you worship him. And what he does, because one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Christ. And your worship only functions at the level of your revelation of him. The power that you walk in in the earth, in ministry or any other way, is always in direct proportion to the revelation of Christ within your life. You can't function in the kingdom beyond your revelation of the king of the kingdom. You can't work in power beyond your revelation of the God who is in all has all authority. So the Spirit comes in a moment like that, and he says, uh, okay, I see what we're doing here. You're here to worship him, or you're here to minister in power. Let me help you with that. And that's why most of us, it's in the moments of worship, we get a greater revelation than we had when we stepped into the place of worship. 
we I can't tell you how many times entire uh, my you know part of my gifting is to preach and to teach and I can't tell you how many times that the biggest bulk of the revelation of what I'm going to speak or teach didn't come out of the bookshelf but came out of the worship moment that while I was there I went there thinking I knew what I was doing in worshiping him. And then all of a sudden, this thing unfolds before me at a level that I've never done before, never seen or done before. And I'm, and if I understand him better, I'm responding to him better. I'm worshiping him in a deeper way. And that's because of the work of the spirit, the, the paraclete, the one who's come alongside to help. So you need to know that whenever the king has spoken a word into your heart uh, and, and a word, and let's say it's a word to act. And you say, well, I would like to act, but oh, I don't know that I have enough faith. Don't worry about it. Just start stepping into the moment. And the one who's called alongside to help is going to say, all right, if you're going to make this whole journey, you're going to need some help here. And that's what I'm all about. And he's going to impart revelation, insight, and authority to function in those ways. So powerful. Dale, why don't we, uh, why don't we do what we're talking about right now? Why don't we have you... Uh, begin to speak the word of the Lord uh, as his ambassador over the people that are listening right now. Um, we've got people in all kinds of situations and all kinds of environments all over the world. And we know that it's the same word for every nation, every tribe, every generation. And I want you to understand right now, if you're listening, that God sees you. He knows you and he understands what you're in. And God has one answer for the whole world and one answer for every need. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus is the beginning and the end of everything we could ever need. And I want to tell you that there is some simple power in Jesus. There's simplicity in Jesus, but it's so profound and so deep. And Jesus is released through the word. In fact, Jesus is the word of God. The word of God reveals him. And so uh, as Dale prays for you right now, I want you to understand that he may not know your particular instance, your particular situation, but the word knows how to touch it. And so, Dale, it would be a blessing that you just begin to speak and, and as the spirit leads you to prophesy and to speak forth the word of healing, the word of life over those people who are listening right now. Amen. Amen. And this is the word that's, that's, that's coming up within my heart. And it follows the pattern of Jesus. Even angels, when they came out, he told you the first thing they would say is fear not. Fear not. So uh, I'm going to tell you that when Jesus came and said, fear not, or he would say, peace be unto you, right, which is the same kind of effect, same thing. It, when he said, peace be unto you, it was more than a Middle Eastern greeting. It was the Prince of Peace commanding, releasing peace into that moment ending fear. So I'm going to tell you today, look, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be not afraid. In Jesus' name, be released from the torment, the confusion, the misunderstandings, the hurt, all of that. Be free, right? And that's all it takes. This is it. Be liberated and be free. And now I'm going to say to you, in the name of the Lord, arise and be bold. Be bold. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according, according, according to the power that works 
within us. Unto him be the glory. There's a working power in you. I speak that prophetically to you right now. There's a working power in you that's bigger than what you know because you've been clouded by your fears so you haven't seen it, but it's in there. You can do this. You say, I don't have that kind. I wish I had that boldness. You will. The moment you throw your leg out over the side of the boat, you'll find that boldness arises because there's a power that God's working in you right now. And I call forth that power. I say in Jesus' name, arise, come on, arise and be bold. Speak boldly to your situation. Speak boldly to your moment right now and step out boldly. Be not afraid to step out and do what God has called you to do because in you is the gift of God already. In you is the person of Christ right now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. He's not going to come around in the nick of time. He's dwelling in you. There's power in you right now. His name is Jesus and the Holy Spirit's going to enlarge you. He's going to be right alongside in that way to open this every step of the way. So I say, be bold in the name of the Lord. Be whole, be free, be healed, be filled with joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we receive this now. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And right now we receive it. It is finished upon this faith declaration. Thank you, Lord. Wherever you are, let the peace of Christ just so fill your heart, fill your room, fill your mind. We thank you, Lord. Yes, I believe he is saying, peace be with you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage all of you who are listening that we have begun to touch a number of topics today, and one of them was confessing and praying the Word of God. And I want to encourage you to check out episodes number 48 and 49 that go deeper into what praying the Word looks like and how you can do that. I believe it will be a good um, uh, adjunct to what you've heard from Dale today. And also, I want you to be able to connect to Dale Everett and to Dale Everett Ministries. Um, Dale, could you let the listeners know um, how they can begin to uh, not only learn more about you, but learn about how they could begin uh, uh, being built up by the materials and the resources that you have. Great. Probably the greatest place to go to that would be to our uh, our mentoring site, which is uh, Dale Everett Vault, uh, just D-A-L-E-E-V-E-R-E-T-T, uh, vault.com. Uh, all right. And in there, you'll find uh, th that kind of a teaching. You know, I found out in my life that what I had to do was do something daily to produce real strength within my life. We want we want dynamic, singular moments to propel us light years ahead. And there are times that that does happen. But it's what you do day by day that makes a difference in that. And I had a mentor, one of the old Voice of Healing tent healers that mentored me. Well, what we've done is put together something like what you're doing, Pastor Steve, and that is a site where right in people's hands, they can just simply hold it. Hundreds and hundreds of messages that teach on faith, divine healing, uh, how to handle demonic power successfully, that kind of thing. So they can follow us there. They can experience it. In fact, if they want to go on that thing today, they got seven days for absolute free. They can just go in, click in it, and enjoy it. Download as much as you want to download, and then stay with us if you like, month by, by month. Or they can go to my website, dayeleverett.org. But there's not... 
a lot of the heavy teaching there. The teaching aspect comes out of the vault. All right. So DaleEverettVault.com to be able to get those resources. And somebody may say, but do I listen to the Behold podcast? Do I do I listen to Dale Everett Vault? You need to listen to all of it. And I'm going to tell you something and why. Because God gives to each man a measure. And it is very, very important that we understand that God uses different individuals to bring out different aspects and different pieces of understanding. So hallelujah for the for the library of resources that are all out there. That's why we try to bring the gifts uh, to you of the body of Christ. And so um, you say, but I studied this book on healing. Well, study the Bible primarily. That's number one. But number two, benefit from the revelations and the understanding. So make sure that you go check out Dale Everett's site there his vault with resources again dale everett vault.com guys you've been listening and uh and hearing and being blessed by the teachings of dale everett on the be healed podcast i'm steve hannett your host and i want to make sure that you become part of our community and so email us at contact at gospelmissionnetwork.org. Let us know your question. Um, Let us know what you're thinking about. Definitely send us your testimonies. They're so encouraging. And uh, we want you to become part of our online community. So text the word HEALING to 94,000. Again, that's HEALING to 94,000. Dale, always an honor to have you on the podcast. We love you. Thank you. And we, Lord willing, will talk with you soon. And everybody listening, be blessed and know that God died, bled, and was resurrected. So come on, let's live in his power. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of the Gospel Mission Network, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.